we had a we had a name request too yeah oh really yeah we had one of those for the first time in forever yeah what was it sipping a nipple bra but it's <laughs> nipple bra is one word. Yeah, it that's was accented. The, it was the beer that Kyle. Oh, nipple brow. Yeah, nipple brow. There you go. Sipping a nipple brow. I can't remember the context of that joke. I don't remember that me one either. either. Is that crazy? Somehow related to Nickelback, I think. <laughs> eventually, <laughs> maybe. As, as are all things on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome to this episode of Scale is Needed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No. No more wacky names. <laughs> Branding. Uh, no, I'll just leave in that part. About the nipple brow sitting. Yeah, I know. But, you know. But as a compromise to our new corporate overlords. That's who, right. Who paid for this studio. We now have to say scale hey, can is we, needed. Can we talk about the fact that I have fucking upgraded the shit out of this space? You sure yeah. have, Armin. Oh, yeah. You've clearly done an enormous amount of work. And quite frankly, it's shocking how little the three of us appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Now there's categories for the dead hookers in the corner. That's yeah. right. There's... Well, I don't want to get into the race <laughs> ethics here. Uh, we now have free arms. Everyone do something with your hands. Yay. Yeah. Jazz No fingers. one can hear this, but if Jazz you're watching, fingers. we don't need our hands Everyone anymore. snap your fingers for the audio listeners. Listen, we can talk and snap all of our fingers. That's all right. Eight, mm-hmm. Now, for the astute listener, you, will, you can tell, obviously, that that is eight different hands. Because we now have microphone arms that attach to the table and hold the microphones like indentured servants That's right. in you front of our faces. The the robotic slavery continues. If you didn't know what microphone arms were before you ordered them, I feel like you'd be mighty disappointed if yeah, this yeah. is what came. This is now. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, and, and just in case uh, just in case just in case it slipped by any of our twelve video viewers, uh, we, there are just really, this th- some decorations to keep us in a fitness theme. Little weight plates attached by rubber bands holding the microphone arms down because the microphones that we're using are not heavy enough for these particular microphones. Holy shit, this is a rogue fitness half-pound plate micro-loading up the wazoo. Yeah. This is when you were doing your starting strength business, That's wasn't right. it? You not need only, to micro-load that. Not only are we, uh, not only are we adding like half-pound and quarter-pound PRs to our strict presses, but now we are also using these plates to weigh yeah. down... And that's and that's the question. If now for the audio listener at home, Cliff and I are the ones who have the weight plates. So I'll ask the audio listener at home: Do Cliff and I sound stronger? Because that would be inaccurate, <laughs> highly inaccurate at the present moment. Um, now, once you get rid of the weight plates and get an even more professional setup, then you can get the high profile guests coming in. The only thing holding Jordan Peterson back from this house is. Right. These little weight plates. That, we went right to that place, as opposed to Miko Salo, who's right, but would be the obvious guest who would appreciate this microphone. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm not thinking that small. Miko would be like, you have a closet that's not filled with rowers? Yeah. If Miko ever shows up uh, and does a podcast, like does an interview or a podcast in this room, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to burn the house down. <laughs> yeah, it's peaked. There's it's nothing peaked. left. And then you're going to take the ashes and you're going to paint zebra stripes all over yeah, your body. I'm going to snort the ashes yeah, so, so then, it becomes a part of me. Then you're going to go live on that little island in Town Lake and spend the rest of your the days real, as a hermit. The, the most important part of that story is that I'm going to burn the house down with Miko in it <laughs> so that he becomes a part of me. Do you know what you need <laughs> to do? You need to works. get Miko out on Town Lake rowing. You see, and it's like, hey man, isn't this better than a closet full of antiques? I know. I, I think he would feel way more comfortable if you brought the concept two rower into this room and had him row. Then he would really feel at home. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I've let him down a lot lately. 
I end up on my back in workouts constantly. The last two times I worked out with Chase, I was on my back immediately after the workouts. And both times, the first thing that came to my head is, you have a fucking poster of me go say hello <laughs> in your office, you idiot. And then Dude, you, to atone for it, you then helped an old Finnish man move a bunch of furniture. People do not respond well if they're on their back and you go, are you a dead animal? <laughs> They do not respond well. Their reference is gone now. Yeah, people don't get uh, it. Well, I mean, to be fair, you didn't. I didn't get it at until first. We, until we showed you Sisu. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess it, it is uh, It is a shame. It's a shame that I can't even live up to the one, the one like fitness thing that is in this studio is this mm-hmm. poster of Miko. Yeah. And I can't even live up to that. We all fall short of our idols. That's true. Yeah, I still haven't won six NBA championships. <laughs> and I tell myself that every night before I go to bed. Eventually. You'll get mm-hmm. there eventually. I'm trying, dog. Just one, it's one day at a time, right? Yeah. It's just like uh, CrossFit. If you CrossFit enough, you'll become a CrossFit Games athlete. Mm-hmm. And if you 100%. play enough pickup basketball, you'll become an NBA athlete. In my, in my story arc, this is where I get cut from my high school team. Hell yeah. Every day. As a, as a, 20, <laughs> as a 26-year-old man, I'm getting cut from my high school team every day. Yeah, it hurts. But we persevere. That's mm-hmm. how you get rings, dog. Um, what we need is a pep rally for Chase. A big old pep rally. Well, Just run through some butcher paper. Chase's uh, Chase's. I didn't think about this as uh, as I said it, but I <laughs> offered Chase what is obviously much much better than six NBA championship rings, which was a WWE championship belt. Yeah. If he places in the top one thousand in the Open this year. <laughs> Now, what I did not realize is I pegged this to an absolute value, like the number of participants in the open, which is not going to be the same as it was last <laughs> year. And therefore, there's uh, a very uh, good chance that, that all merely, of us might be in the top 1,000. Uh-huh. Merely by existing, Chase is going to be in the top 1,000 So we think year. there's going to be significantly smaller participation in this October open than previous yeah, opens. There has, sure. so, there, so what is the registration? I haven't um, actually looked okay, into that Okay, so unofficial numbers. And right now, it is Sunday morning, 10.30 a.m. Uh, you know, This is going out on Monday morning. I'm not going to re- receive official numbers from CrossFit until sometime in the middle of this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully by the time 20.2 is announced, I'll have official numbers. Maybe like later in the week, I'll have it. Because you can sign up up until the first submission, right? You can sign up all the way through the entire thing. You just oh, can't fun. submit workouts anymore. And I think last year they had like 1,800 people sign up between ten point, the end of 19.1 and the start and the end of 19.5. And I was like, what the fuck mm. are you doing? <laughs> Why you just light $20 on fire? Like, yeah. I don't understand what the point of that I, is. I know what those people were doing. Uh, but, uh, the, the numbers that I saw previously, so morning chalk up actually got into a lot of trouble for this last open in February, three days before the open kicked off. They released an article saying open signups are down by like 44%. Mm-hmm. And at that point, they had about 240,000 people signed up. Now, the thing they got in trouble for was, one, they were jumping the gun. It's way, way, way too early at that point to to announce any sort of... Uh, <laughs> Chase's, Chase's microphone arm just got very excited and, and went almost full erect right into his face. Because we were pumping... Chase is pumping so much fitness into that microphone arm that it got too strong Dude, for that microphone. It's got, yeah, that, that microphone arm has got a lot of testosterone and dick pills. That microphone got out of the pocket. It got out of that pit and it just fucking stood that microphone right the fuck up. That microphone... Phone is in the nose hard, dog. <laughs> As it turns out, that microphone is RoboCop's 
penis. Yes. <laughs> it is yet we don't have the rest of RoboCop, but it is ready to install as yes. soon as we find a good candidate. One RoboCop dick. We should we should have well, added I mean, weights to yours too, Chase. Well, I mean, it's he's, all good. He signed a release. He he he's legally dead. Lose the penis. So anyway, what else? <laughs> it can be better served here. What I was, <laughs> and I mean served. Uh, what, what I was saying was, uh, they got in trouble. We watched because an entire documentary uh, about Showgirls at Fantastic Fest that had Paul, was it good? Yeah. So Paul Verhoeven, director of RoboCop, directed Showgirls. He's an insane man. Uh, it was really good, and uh, you just get the sense that man, those guys just did a bunch of cocaine and made a really crazy movie and weren't even 100% sure what they were doing. But then it's been rediscovered and now it's appreciated by a new audience. That uh, And it's good. It's a good documentary. What was yeah, it but called? cocaine you, isn't... Uh, you don't know me. Know me, N-O-M-I being the name of the lead character in Showgirls. In Showgirls, yeah, exactly. Uh, cocaine is not as popular as it once was, I feel like. I feel like it's popular. I feel like we're not seeing as much cocaine art as we were yeah. in, like, at least not in, you know, in... In movies were cocaine for a little while. Like, 80s, early 90s for sure. Movies and music were cocaine mm-hmm. for a little while, and now it's codeine. Mm-hmm. Now it's like scissor. You Is got that... all the Lils oh. doing the like mumble rap and shit. Anyway, yeah. okay. I, I'm sorry. I'm tangent. hoping for a psychedelic resurgence like the late That's 1960s. That's what's happening, that is that is what's what's happening, happening right now. now. Yeah, you just... guys are in a band, actually. The, the Lennon Claypool, Claypool Delirium. Delirium. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. We have less Claypool. Mm-hmm. We have shit. And you, you know what? I just busted out my bass again for the first time Holy in years and years. I, I learned the first thing I did was learn the, uh, the riff from Tool Schism. Oh, you know good. what? Easier than you would think, and, uh, and it's, it's happening in metal too. A lot of psychedelic metals yeah. coming out. Blue Dos Nord, which is a, a French experimental black metal one man project that releases a lot of big weird records every year, did a uh, psilocybin inspired black metal album. This that year. sounds pretty fucking sweet. Yeah. So back to the open. Yeah. Wait, Sign what? Ups. That's uh, <laughs> signups. Signups. That, so okay, Morik Chaco got into a lot of trouble releasing numbers like that beforehand because one, it's unofficial, mm-hmm. and two, it's uh, uh, it's early because most people like they have a huge pe- amount of people that sign up like the last the day couple of. days after it gets yeah. announced, right? I imagine a, a whole bunch of people whole are just bunch waiting people. for the last because day. What why ended up would happening, you do it before that? Right. Yeah. What ended up happening uh, in the February open is, you know, uh, CrossFit. Uh, corrected the numbers saying oh it's not 44 percent down it's like 32 percent down mm-hmm. but that number it, that gap ch- uh, changes a lot leading into after the first workout announcement and that's exactly what happened i think at the end of the open they were only like 10 percent down which is pretty good this year the same mark three days beforehand we had about by my count 110 to 115,000 people mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. way less than half of what it was last mm-hmm. year at that point. Yeah. Um, and without something like Facebook and Instagram to drive the marketing, mm-hmm. right. It's going to be really difficult to make the argument that that final big push is going to happen to the same extent as it has happened in the past. Yeah. And plus I, I imagine that I imagine a lot of, of the, those, those numbers are inflated by the people where it's like, it's part of their yearly routine. It's like, fuck it. My whole gym does a thing. Why not? I'll throw myself in. Fuck it. You know, to the open. And it's yeah. like, just by throwing off the cadence this year, I imagine a lot of people are probably going to spend a year feeling it out. And then by next October, there will be more things and whatever. But I have to imagine that a lot of it's just because the people who would have just thrown their hat in as a what the hell, it's fun sort of a thing aren't going to do that right after having just done that. Right. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like purely anecdotal, but I know at our gym, um, our coach was like, yeah, consistently we have 60 to 70 people sign up for the Open. 
And this year we've had just over like 25. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, um, the, the thing is like, if you look at, if you look at what could be accounting for that difference, mm-hmm. I think it comes down to a few things. One is the change in the time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, spring is generally easier for like a weekend based online competition yeah. because you don't have things like football and football is huge in the South. Yeah. Right. So like Friday night lights, Saturday, you know, volunteer lights, or whatever, Saturday, Sunday I night lights. I don't know what the fuck happens uh, during football season, but my assumption is during on Friday nights, there's high school football games mm-hmm. and like tens of thousands of people are, are participating in that. Yes. Um, so that's, that's a big difference. Like the spring to fall change or mm-hmm. winter to fall change is, is a big difference. But there's one way we can counteract this Armin. Uh, how do we get a boost in open participation next year? And I'm, this will sound absurd, but I'm, I'm very serious about this. It's lots and lots of Instagram posts of people doing open workouts in Halloween costumes. Hashtag spooky open. Spooky open. Hashtag dog. spooky open. I because think you're right. if people see that, they see these work, open workouts being crushed by Wonder Woman, by Joaquin Phoenix Joker, by all of those kind of things, then I'm next few, year, just next year, there will be all kinds of uh, gyms who want to get in on that action, throwing all kinds of spooky open, hashtag spooky open. Uh, parties and things uh group workouts costume things and then everyone will want to get in on that it'll be a way it'll be a whole new thing i used to think my open performance was a tragedy but then i realized that it's a comedy (laughs) 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 that's actually what that whole movie is a metaphor for is just chase's experience with crossfit can i make a suggestion to whoever is doing a 20.4 announcement Mm -hmm. that is on halloween that's oh a, shit. Thursday night. That is a Halloween. Yeah. Do it cool. Uh, do it real cool. Can I suggest that you do some sort of themed head to head, like Heath Ledger Joker versus a werewolf, walking walking <laughs> Phoenix Joker? Yes, yeah, so or sweet. Batman versus Superman. And, who, and, and, and prior who to the workout, they can both stomp the shit out of the Jared Leto Joker. Jesus, yes. there you go. Yeah, I I one hundred percent agree <laughs> with that. I think that's I, whoever's doing a twenty point four announcement. May I make the suggestion that you lean into the Halloween thing? Can I make the suggestion and not be lame? Dave Castro dress as the Jared Leto Joker. Who? Uh, yeah, there you go. Perfect. Exactly. So he's not already. <laughs> the uh, the the grill actually would fit right in. It sure would. It fit right in. Um, the open signups though. So a few things that could be causing it. Change of season. Yes. Maybe people are tired of it. Also, yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that one's a, really holds a lot of water. I think the lack of social media is a really big deal. Because the open is not something that has a ton of people who consistently do it. There's a very small amount of people who are doing it year after year after year mm-hmm. after year. There's a ton of churn in the in the types of person that uh, participates in the open. And because of that churn, you need to constantly be reaching out to new people. And without a fucking Facebook with millions of fans or without an Instagram with millions of followers, it's really difficult to reach new people mm-hmm. with like no media pimping out the open and the, the Delta and the end of the day is going to be probably millions of dollars mm. out of CrossFit's pocket. Ouch. Ouch is right. Ouch is right. Because that some money people, is, some people just want to watch the world burn. So, <laughs> this is a Joker themed <laughs> podcast. I did that. That's right. Um, uh, yeah. Joker fit. That will be the new trend. And my guess is by the way, that we're actually going to talk about the Joker at some point during probably. this podcast. Have we all watched it at this point. There's I'm pretty chance. sure we've all seen oh, okay. it at this point. We'll so get we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there at some point. And we'll um, eventually, uh, everyone, we need to set a goal 
uh, if we can get a certain number of extra five star reviews, a month we do by Halloween, then we do a podcast dressed as four different jokers. Ooh. I called it I on Jack Nicholson. I call Cesar Joaquin Phoenix Romero. Right, that is Cesar Romero. Yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah, you should be Cesar Romero. I call I call that one the fifties version. Uh, Sick. I won't even shave my. I won't shave my my facial hair. I'll just paint yes, it white. Yes, yes, yes. It'll be perfect. Wait, and which jokers would you guys be? I can't remember which. One. Oh, I'd, I'd, well, I, I would like to do the Jack Nicholson one, but there's really no, there's nothing that's going to persuade me to shave my beard. So yeah. I don't know how good a joker I can be. Yeah, there. same. So, I'm not going to cut my beard for this. Well, Chase could obviously be Heath Ledger Joker. That would be yeah. obvious. It would work with the hair. He's got the long hair, and then Cliff could be Viking Joker. There we go. Sure. Sure. Does not seem happy. Did you guys... Uh, I could maybe be one of the Penguin's henchmen who has kind of clown makeup on, but yeah. also is bearded. I think there were a couple of those Why in Batman Returns. Did the Penguin have clown henchmen? It doesn't, didn't make any sense in Batman Returns. Well, he had a whole circus. Circus. Yeah. The, the evil... Oh, his whole gang was like the, the evil circus folk. Yeah. It's like, Tim Burton, leave it alone. The, the clowns are the bad guys in the first one. Penguin should have Penguin... Like, he should have a different kind of henchman, and yet in Batman Returns, the sequel film... I'll be the fat, clown-bearded henchman who was holding Michelle Pfeiffer hostage, and then Batman shot the grappling hook into the wall behind him, and I'll say, you missed, he didn't miss. Uh Boom, back of the head with drywall. Yeah, he pulls it out. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Cool. We Batman all remember that. Generally, doesn't pull out. So no, he does not. That was really. That's a really impressive lot, moment for him. He's a lot of babies out there. That's a very a impressive baby moment for him. Did you guys? Baby mamas. Did you guys? Uh, did you guys watch Twenty Point One? Did you see what it was? Oh fuck yeah! I, I've done Twenty Point One. That is the most surprising thing. As RX and all that shit, man. What? Go on. Tell us more. Uh, well, I saw it, and then I was. I told you I would do starting strength in order to get back until I got bored with it. And it turns out that's about one month that you get bored with <laughs> that's it. That's longer as, than I expected. Which, which as, by the way, is... As you're wont to do. Exactly. Which, you know what? It did its purpose there. I All my muscles got tight again. I re-hardened all the parts of my body. <laughs> all the parts of my body re-hardened from the starting strength. That is what it does. And then I saw the open workout, and I was like, hey, I can do that. I can physically perform both of those movements. There's a reason we had to raise this table. Mm-hmm. Hey, mm-hmm. He is physically hardened. <laughs> Hey yo! All right. So, how did it go? Um, well, considering it's by two sawhorses for all this wood. <laughs> what was the list? I'm just curious. No. What's the angle there? There's no angle there. You just read into that whatever you want. <laughs> we are sitting. This table, by the way, isn't a table. It is a tabletop sitting on basically two sawhorses, so it could fall over at any moment. So that was a random true. reference. Yeah. There is the, a lot the, of wood the, li- the right list. By the way, is from the Dabney right. Coleman character from Dragnet. That is a, actually accurate. That is where it is from. He yeah, it is it. the. He is the very heterosexual uh, porn magnate in the uh, in Hugh the Hefner uh, Hugh character. Hefner mode in that Dragnet universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, huh. Tell me about 20.1. Conspiring <laughs> to kidnap the virgin Connie Swale right? Dan Aykroyd. Is that what he did during 20.1? Yes. Wow. on the case. Uh, you kidnapped a virgin? Yes. And uh, did you find and, one? And a snake. And a giant snake and a bunch of narcotics. And it's, it's in Dragnet. Well, the yeah. giant snake is... Tom Hanks is know. in the film, okay? That's all I got to say. I have. I honestly thought you were talking about a TV show for a second. There, there is a Dragnet TV show. There's also a film made in the '80s, and that's what Cliff was referring to. With Dabney anyway, Coleman. Dan Aykroyd, Tom Hanks, Dabney Coleman. I've Tell physically softened about and Christopher and Christopher Plummer. 
Christopher yes, Plummer. Christopher Plummer's the bad guy, which is the craziest shit. He was in The Sound of Music. This is he was nominated for an Oscar like last my year. My nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about 20.1. First uh, caveat is... Um, First caveat is this is the first cardio I've done in six months. This is true. And, and the second caveat is that Christopher Plummer does a southern <laughs> accent as a southern he like southern a, preacher there, which is not something you expect from Christopher Plummer. He plays the bad guy as a, he's a southern preacher. It's insane. From Sound of Music, Edelweiss, that guy. I've never seen Sound of Music. Right. Tell me about twenty point one. Well, it's there, there's not a lot to say. I got I got just under five rounds, and considering that is the first cardio of any kind I've done in at least six months, I'm quite proud of myself. How's your back? Uh, my back is fine. My uh, it's mostly all traps and uh, biceps and forearms. That's there. how you know you did it right. Mm-hmm. Biceps. That's right. Yeah. How did you how did you strategize your ground to overhead? There was no strategy. There was tra- well actually yeah, I saw your video afterwards where you were doing it in all singles and then I thought, "Hey, that's smart." Uh, I instead tried to do all the sets of snatches unbroken. Uh, because all, because all that's four what of Rich them. And sna- that's what Rich exactly. and Scott did. Th- those are the only people I'd seen do it. It's true. So I believe the first two sets of snatches were unbroken. And then I Very broke it up confident. four and four. And then the uh, the burpees were just done so that I kept moving, in scare quotes, kept moving the whole time, which means I flopped onto the ground. And then slowly stepped up, we slowly <laughs> walked to the bar. <laughs> exactly. Stood up. <laughs> Had to steady myself against the power rack there. I've seen some pretty fucking ridiculous videos of people doing these burpees, like, like falling on the ground, crawling over the bar, falling on the ground again rolling over from their back to their belly to count like the bottom position you know what i call those burpees i was like (laughs) it's like man you you went a little too hard dude a little too hard i mean good on you for going that hard but you lost some brain cells doing that man like you, you probably cooked yourself a little bit too much every time i do an assault bike workout i lose 10 to 20 percent of my brain cells. <laughs> is, is this is this a new concern is that brain damage from working out too intensely is that what we're thinking yeah you what cut off they? oxygen long enough mm. i i once read an article on i think it was t nation about uh love it about uh how if you're eating like the six small meals a day the one of the biggest unknown dangers that they're like revealing on T Nation. This is when I. This is the last article I read on T Nation, by the way. <laughs> uh, if no you're eating like this. the bodybuilding, like six small meals a day thing, you are slowly cooking your body because you're constantly metabolizing food, mm-hmm. and your uh, your body temperature rises on a cellular level because it's metabolizing food on, on a, uh, a constant basis. Yep. And because of that, you are literally slowly cooking your body. And I was like, I'm dumber for having read this. <laughs> and now you are all dumber for having yes. heard me tell you about this. That's how dumb it was. I haven't I, read a Teen Nation article in like four or five years, yeah. and that is still stuck with me. <laughs> Dude, that's great writing, honestly. If anything mm-hmm. else... It, it struck a chord. It's like a it's weird like, memory now. body horror thing. 
Put it on yeah. your tombstone. Like slowly has it, has David Cronenberg hasn't yet made that movie, but that, I think I think that's Soon. his next one on the docket. So has anyone ever told you any dumb or bad science that it All just was so compelling that even though you know it's not true, you're just still sort of like that's probably true, even All though it's time. not constantly, constantly. I figure that's most that's, of fitness. Science. I'm gonna say that's mostly fitness and nutrition. That's like almost everything. <laughs> that's, that's our is entire like, world. I guess it sounds like it could be plausible. Well, I think I just sort of ritualistically take. Uh, uh, turmeric and, and fish oil pretty much every time I meet I eat but it's like that makes it better I don't even remember why anymore I'm pretty like, sure that that's the entire marketing behind like dog food too 100% yeah. it's like all well you don't know any better let me tell you something that mm-hmm. sounds slightly plausible so you can spend $380 Listen, the, a month on this food the thing I said before the podcast yeah. about Eating your own poop because it's already digested would be easier on your digestive system. Now this needs that to coming, some contextualize. That come that coming from like a working against gravity. Yo, if Nick Shaw or Nick of, Shaw like RP strength that, told you that you just listen, dude, you gotta yeah. you gotta supplement your own shit with your shit. Yeah, because yeah. the enzymes that are in your gut are already in that shit, and yeah. it's gonna help break down the food there it is. that much faster. That's amazing. Well, I've heard about that. No, but honestly, I've never heard of consuming one's own poop. But that is an actual thing that people are now doing to treat like severe IBS. Yeah, yeah, they, you're not inject- consuming poop. You're doing a gut biome transfer. Yeah, it's, a, it's like a stool transfer. Yeah, you're getting someone's healthy. Yes, yes, yes. No, I understand. But there are people who are starting to do the freeze dried uh, poop in pill form. Nope. And starting to take that. Yes. The future mm-hmm. is fucked. <laughs> yes. No, mm-hmm. not okay. I'm really hoping natural selection just wipes these folks out. Not <laughs> fucking okay. Well, the other interesting thing about it is that it could be uh, like that same utilizing poop as a means by which to transfer like the gut flora from one person to another person yeah. has potentially a lot of different benefits. Uh, they were talking just anecdotally about how like one woman who ended up, she had like C. diff or something and so she had to Oof. get a gut flora transfer from her daughter and as a re- but her daughter had been like congenitally obese. She had been congenitally thin her whole life but after she had the gut transfer, she became congenitally obese or would appear to be like that. She just sort of, uh, in a way she hadn't before, and there were any number of factors that could have contributed to that. But there's a lot of thought about certain things like how we metabolize food, you know, whether or not you're a person who's just, you know, genetically thin or heavy may have more to do with your gut flora than just purely your DNA and so there's all sorts of experiments going on with like transferring gut flora using poop between different people to make people skinny. Please to meet me. What are you showing me right now? This is a book by a a guy named Bill Bill Sullivan. Sullivan. It's called Please to Meet Me, Genes, Germs and the Curious Forces that Make Us Who We Are Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what it's talking about. It's talking about the interaction between your genetics and your uh, gut biome, your, microbiome, your, like, microbiome mm-hmm. uh, and your environment that leads to all the gene expressions that you're yeah, in. Yeah. I feel that I don't need to read that book. My main takeaway is I need to find a skinny person, pin them down, eat, and, and eat their <laughs> asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and eat their asshole. I want to eat all your skinny assholes. Is this the first episode where we've talked about eating ass? <laughs> No, it could, can't be, could but, possibly but be. It, it's Jesus impossible, Christ. but also might actually be be true. <laughs> unfortunately, I'm not being gross, people. I would put um, a, a raspberry confit on there just for flavoring purposes. Wow, you're gonna do the feet too? Yeah, oh, damn, dude, all the feet. Um, so and so this is where it gets really weird and gross. <laughs> okay, where it's really, really weird and gross is because. Uh, 
like trials and anecdotal stuff and like internet chat rooms are showing that people who have serious digestive issues are like finding the like like the whole like fecal transfer thing to be incredibly efficacious at like you know mitigating a lot of their symptoms but because it's still in trials and stuff and is not approved by the FDA People are having to go black market. For Hell yeah! And brown so, market. Brown market. And uh, actually, and I'm not. Uh, this is. I think there's like videos and news reports on this kind of stuff. There's videos. Can nice. yeah, there's videos. You can check it out online. But uh, people literally like making arrangements with healthy neighbors to like buy their poop once a week, and then they this is process an it. Of South they process it Jesus themselves Christ. in their kitchen, and then we'll have to point kind of, of privilege. Point of privilege. Actually, take it in. This is so disgusting. <laughs> So, but it is, but it's helping these people, and it's helping them cure the their issues. Emphasis on but. Yes, I'm just saying, look it up, guys. It's really interesting. Why is the man this not this wanting bu- us this bureaucratic bullshit standing in the way? These you people know, could go to the CVS and buy their poop you pills. Do They're ask being of, forced to do this by the fucking federal. They just haven't government. figured out how to monetize shit. You are asking Andrew very, Yang, 2020. <laughs> you are asking a very good question, which is: if poop wasn't so good for you, why has all the countries and city's been collecting it yeah. over the past thousand years they should be paying us for our poop but we're paying them to take it away i think that we can all realize that san francisco is ahead of the curve here culturally and in poop because they are so much human feces on the ground now poop collectors paid by the city having to pick it all up as it turns out that will be uh, San Francisco's main export to the rest of the country. Shit, heroin addict shit. As it turns out, will make you. S- <laughs> you see how skinny hair uh, people uh, heroin addicts are. That's true. They're very skinny. That's, that is true. That's very skinny. That's a really good observation. Where else are you going to get skinny people's poop? What? Uh, that's the new startup. You can invest in our new startup that collects heroin uh, addicted people's poop off the streets mm-hmm. of San Francisco. And that's it's how we public. Saw- it's, mm-hmm. It helps. It helps the San Francisco with their their street poop problem, but it also yep. helps fat people lose weight. But that is how we solve the homeless problem we will pay the heroin addicts living in tents for their poop so that they can one buy more heroin obviously but <laughs> two uh get uh, get uh, nicer cleaner accommodations and simultaneously solve the obesity problem of middle america i hate everything we can solve all it's the problems like asking, in the whole just like how <laughs> just like asking the irish to eat their babies um, There's we're a lot gonna of kill two birds here. One what here. the fuck is going on? <laughs> what is happening right now? All right, anyway, Armin, go ahead. They turned the frogs to... gay, damn it. <laughs> a modest proposal. A That's modest, what I was referencing. A modest proposal. You know, Chase also did 20.1. How's that for a segue? Man, how'd it go, hard. dude? Uh, you know, like, <laughs> I was gonna say, like, <laughs> heroin, heroin addicted shit. Uh, no, it, uh, <laughs> It went really well, man. I didn't know what to expect. I thought, uh, you know, I had some numbers rolling rolling in from friends on how they did on it. And I was like, fuck, those people are super fit. So where is this seemingly simple workout going to blow up? Are my arms going to fall off at some point? Is my heart going to explode? And uh, yeah, neither one of those things happened until the moment that they needed to happen, which is right at the end. And, Good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it went really well. I went aggressively slow. Because I saw how Rich and Scott did it, and I was like, well, if they can't do that, then I I probably can't do that either. Mm -hmm. So I went aggressively slower than I thought necessary, and it paid off. I basically got to around eight and was still feeling mostly fine, and then I just put the hammer down 
And then I put the hammer down some more because uh, I was confident Armin was going to fucking stab me <laughs> the way he was yelling at me during the last round. Oh, well, Jesus. He, he needed to not be a bitch. Yeah, well. And he wasn't a bitch. He actually yeah, yeah. did pretty well. That yeah. was one thing. Uh, it's uh, uh, that uh, that motivation helps having just anyone who cares because it's so easy when you're working out by yourself to just not. So fucking fuck yeah, yeah. yeah it, it went well, man. It's uh, I did all the snatches unbroken. I did a very slow burpee, but they're like consistently the same. So same far, pace. the way you're describing your twenty point one is exactly the same as how Cliff described his twenty point one. Yeah. yeah, right. And the results were basically the same. Yeah, I got about just the a same. little bit past five rounds. Yep. <laughs> No, um, yeah, I, I was in a heat where I was paired up with uh, the little lady from Omega. Ah, um, shout out to Sarah Holmes. She's now like my uh, de facto training partner <laughs> because we have like the same strengths. And ah. uh, she was like, I'm going to do sub 10. And I was like, congrats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like, I was like, have you seen how big I am? <laughs> like if I can get under 12 minutes, like, uh-huh. that'd be pretty cool. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I was beating her the entire workout. So as I was like catching her out of the like, corner of my eye, I was like, I fucked up. Like, I just don't know it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I just don't know it yet. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, lo and behold, she beat me by two seconds. She nice. finished in 1023 and I finished at 1025. Nice. And we had a pretty epic race for the final set of burpees, Nice. which she started before me. I thought I started the burpees before her. She was actually two reps ahead of me and uh. I caught up. I was only like half a rep behind her yes well what was the woman's weight on that 65 65 yeah, which yeah. is like a very heavy snatch for her yeah i was about to say like <laughs> those burpees i imagine are rocketing so through, but I her, she's very very tiny so sorry sarah uh, yeah. but you know it's true i mean she Getting she herself the said the same thing she was like this is this she did she like tried a couple cleaning jerks in there like that's how bad she was like yeah. almost mm. squat snatching them at one point i was yeah. like it was good oh, it was aggressive just buried by the 65 yeah, pounds it was aggressive i think her her grip blew up <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is you know not the most common thing you see in that workout mm. yeah my my uh today my triceps are definitely 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 tender and in my lower back my lower back because i was muscle snatching the fuck out of those yeah you were you were you were gripping and ripping i do not dip your I back also, was like shark like uh Kenny leverage style like fucking shark finning <laughs> the entire time it was awesome that's what's up i yeah. uh i do not hit the power position on my power snatch i just uh like straight annie thor's daughter it's like from the ground, straight up, no, no thigh touch, straight down. It's it like, awesome. It Don't like you touches it off your dick on yeah, the way. It like touches your thigh like right above your knees. Yeah, a hundred percent. Such a weird, it's such a weird movement for you. Yeah, That's I'd strange. have to like grip the collars, I think, for mm-hmm. it to get into my power position every time. Did you guys see uh, Jacob Hepner's workout? No, what happened? No. <laughs> so Hepner posted this video on his YouTube, great YouTube channel. Was uh, anyone there to measure his forearms? Dude, so he put up this video. He was like 725 world record 20.1. What? And uh, I was higher. like, I was like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna set, I'm gonna set aside some time to watch this because I think this is gonna be good to watch. And uh, it is he pulls a Trevor Bachmeyer. It's like a troll video. Uh, he does he does one round and then repeats it over uh, and over again until he finishes ten rounds and then like steps away and he's like, "Well, 
That was pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> does he have like? Does the dog disappear or something? Between no, he makes that? it super, e- super, super obvious because mm-hmm. uh, he cuts it and restarts it at the end of each round. He like steps back into the bar and he bends over to grab the bar, and uh-huh. then there's like a really obvious like hard jump, cut, yeah. like a really obvious hard cut. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's great. Oh, it's so fucking good. Note to self: Whenever we do a Trevor Bachmeyer video, to get a uh, Wildcats jacket to put in the back. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that I think is a, a absolutely yes, mandatory. The speed there. reference. Just, oh yes, and just mm-hmm. just an, an an Asian lady with a purse that suddenly appears in her lap. That's yeah, what we need. It's very important. Um, I also did twenty point one. Yeah, how'd yeah. that go? It went great for me. I my goal was to finish because I was like, fuck, I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish this. Like, this yeah. is going to be. These are two movements that at this volume are like the opposite of what my fitness is. And mm-hmm. so I was actually really pleasantly surprised by being able to finish it. Uh, I finished in 1405. Nice. I did everything in singles. It was a boring fucking slog. And I'm never going to do it again. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I finished. Going, I going fast was just as boring. There was no exciting part of that workout. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. very repetitive. Like, there wasn't anything to look forward to that, that was going to be more interesting or exciting mm-hmm. um, or allow you to sort of, like change what your mindset was especially with my strategy of doing everything one at a time it's not even like oh string together some movements so there's some dynamic shit i literally just did 80 individual snatches and 100 individual burpees like that was Mm -hmm. that was the workout for Mm -hmm. me it was just okay this is going to be stupid and boring but uh there's no reason for me to slow down so i guess i'm just going to keep this dumb boring slow pace the entire (laughs) time until until it's over Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I guess it, it worked out. It worked out okay for me. Pretty happy with it. Nice. Yeah, you didn't um, look too bad at the end of it. You laid on the back for a while though. Yeah, I, I think and that was that was solely because of the last set of burpees. I just I, yeah, you did sell out on those. Yeah, those I were unbroken. Emptied the tank. Yeah, I definitely emptied the tank. I was rewatching it this morning for the first time, and I was like, uh, I was like, oh, that felt way faster than it actually was. <laughs> like that was that was the fastest I possibly could move at that moment. And I still was moving like almost molasses slow. Mm. Damn dude. I just, I just don't have that. I don't know what it is, but I don't have that. You watching, watching my video back, you were yelling at me on my last set of burpees. You say sprint. I take off on what I presume is a sprint <laughs> and I'm going pretty fast. And you're like, it has to be faster, but it's like, it sounds like uh, a pissed off, like, middle school football coach it's like gotta go faster you piece of shit (laughs) like somehow i go faster so what you're saying is i should have a little whistle next time i should be like twirling it around you need a whistle and and a bullhorn chase just needs a a face mask that you can grab and pull into your face and yell at him right in his eyes that'd be great that would be be pretty pretty fucking cool also would probably probably fuck me up on burpees if you just rip my neck (laughs) grabbed his face Mm -hmm. you know i gave chase what i'm gonna say is probably the single best piece of workout advice chase has ever gotten oh, dude, from anybody so so which good, was so clear don't put your fucking water bottle near you put it out of reach <laughs> it was hidden man i had to i put had your it water bottle right out of me. reach because <laughs> i i mean just, it was just really mm-hmm. i knew after watching you do the open multiple times i know what your crutch is yeah. and it's that fucking water bottle Going back to the water it's, it's like it's a 10 minute workout bro you're gonna be fine no sometimes you need to hydrate during the middle of it <laughs> Re-chalk up, you know, really just chalk between every rep extensively. Listen, man, if, in, in wrestling, if I could have set it up to where I could have, like, been drinking water mid-wrestling match, that shit, I would have been such a better wrestler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was that the was that the piece of advice that, that 
you were expect you're you're thinking I was going to talk about. I don't know. If I it mean, was. yeah, that was the one I thought. Okay. You were gonna okay, I thought you were going to say something else, and I was going to be like, "What else did I say that was interesting?" I don't uh, know if I did. Yeah, you didn't even say anything else that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> there was no other golden gems of advice. Just like, hey, don't don't go out super hot. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds to me like uh, Chase has a potentially has a belt coming his way. Yeah, fuck man, a I belt have to actually you... get this thing. You are, Chase, you are owed one belt. What I should have done. Armin and Armin alone. To come back to the very first <laughs> topic that we should we were talking about is what I should have done was 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 uh, reward an, a performance increase across like your percentage, right? Mm. In the in the open, like where your percentile is, yes. not. Oh, so go go from 99th to 98th to the 100th. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, yeah, super simple, yeah, yeah. dog. I'll uh, just go to the games while I'm at it. Instead, <laughs> instead now uh, I'm going to be stuck spending almost nothing to buy you a yeah. to buy you a belt. But either yeah. way, you still have to fucking do it, so who knows? Yeah. Maybe so we I'll... still have 19.3 coming, or 23, which is probably going to be 19.3, and fuck me again. Just those handstand push-ups, bro. Mm-hmm. It's going to come back. You know it's going to come back. 100%. Um. Let's uh let's switch gears. Let's talk about Joker. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now's a great like. time to talk about Joker. What an interesting movie that was. What an interesting movie indeed. Yeah, cool. I, so next thing. <laughs> no, I, I I quite liked it. I quite liked the movie. It was not what I was expecting it to be, and it was uh it was a uh, very 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 interesting. Um, what did, so what did the table think, you guys? Uh, I liked it. I was enjoyable. It was like. In a weird way, enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. It was entertaining. Um, I felt like maybe the political agenda was a little too like ham-fisted mm-hmm. at times. Um, like, like for instance, whenever they go back and show you that... Uh, spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler like territory. When, like when they go back and show uh, you that he like did the stand-up bit by himself. He was with his mom by uh-huh. himself. Like the chick was yeah, never yeah. there. Like I didn't feel like that was necessary. Yeah, there were definitely you know, so I, 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 there were definitely some hammy and, and some eye rolling moments, and some of them kind of worked for me. Go ahead. That was like one of my favorite parts of the yeah. the. That was like my one of my favorite little reveals of the thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I thought that reveal was like handled well enough. Whenever she was just like, whenever he's in her apartment and he's like, and she's like, "You're you're the you're Arthur from like down the for lane." Sure. Right? I, I, I was like, "Oh, this chick's never fucking met this yeah, guy." And I, I had, you're right. That's one of those ambiguities that I feel like if it were a smaller film would be allowed to exist, where she just comes out and says, "Oh, I uh, I don't know you, but I think it's the kind of thing where in a you studio like, film you have to like make it as literal as possible." Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, the, yeah, because yeah. th- that's what this whole thing felt like. It felt like an art film that was just slightly dumbed down. In order to make two hundred million dollars, yeah, <laughs> it's like. But wait, Trade was she there it. or not? She wasn't there. We just really want to confirm that and make sure there's absolutely no ambiguity, so that we can make our two hundred million dollars. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. But I, um, on the whole, I thought it was enjoyable. I thought it was uh, very dark, yeah, and uh, definitely like thought provoking. Yeah, I well, I thought was really cool about it was every single iteration of the Joker that we have ever seen has portrayed him as a sort of brilliant, mad genius. And this was the first interpretation of the Joker ever that I've seen that had, and there you can even argue to the extent that this even is an interpretation of that same character, because he's clearly a simpleton. He's not very bright. He's not a mastermind. He's not an unappreciated genius. He's not like a weird autistic genius who's a little bit... I mean, he's clearly just not a smart guy at all and doesn't have much to offer and is clearly abused and all that. But that 
changes the mythology of the Joker in an interesting way because you arrive at the same place at the end, him in clown makeup, doing a crazy, pointless act of of violence just to get attention and cause chaos. But it completely changes the nature of that from not, it's a rogue individual on the outside of the system, blah, 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 blah. And it literally, and I mean, unambiguously makes the entire film about that he's just, there's nothing significant about him, but he's just entirely and quite literally a product of Gotham or a product of his environment. He's like a total innocent who gets abused so much and set up so much such that he ends up almost inevitably becoming this entity, this thing that just causes death and chaos and all of these things. And it's not even up to him, you know, it's like, and which is an interesting portrayal because the core character has always been like this radical genius individual well, yeah. character and this is not that I mean, yeah that's that's the main difference in how the the moral universe of this joker versus the other jokers because the heath ledger joker yeah i guess makes it the most clear is you know some unknown outside force like a force of mm. nature that comes in inexplicable that you know everything's cool in society but then this crazy joker man comes uh-huh. and uh like a cthulhu monster from the from the pits we don't know where he comes from and fucks with us and there is that is cool and scary but there's something very safe about that cuz a threat that comes in from the outside like a uh, force of nature does not make you complicit in what happens whereas with the joker here uh, with this with a Joaquin Phoenix joker being such a inevitable product of the society in which he is makes ev- all of his victims all of the uh, all of us complicit in all of his evil acts when the mm-hmm. joker commits evil acts it's like oh that's my fault for that you know yeah. that's that's very much which is a completely different moral universe mm-hmm. than the uh than the other jokers like even when he's on television even when he's he's in the spotlight he's still a cog in a machine he's just what the city has wrought you know uh because of all the shittiness and all of that which is an interesting take the other really kind of cool trick the movie pulls off which is i really like and this is the mo- maybe the most impressive thing when you actually see it all play out is that fact that it plays with that idea of joker not having a backstory Within the tech, it addresses that as text, even as it's telling his backstory. And you realize that so much of the Joker's character, or Arthur, the character in the movie, is trying to figure out who he is, his own identity. He's basically trying to figure out his own backstory. And the film does this incredible job of, you know, normally I don't like just straight up ambiguity where like things are just stacked so that you can't tell what's one way or the other. It's like, oh, was Kevin Sp- was was K Pax an alien or was Kevin Spacey just a crazy guy? But uh, K Pax, anyone? Love that K-Pax? movie. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. top, Kevin top three was just K-Pax. a crazy top three all exactly. time. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but with Joker, it's a kind of thing where they do this incredible job of telling like both the backstory of him being this tragic hero wronged by the world who is the bastard son of a rich man whose mom was paid off and you know abused and uh, shoved into a mental institution and an alternative history where he is just the insane son of an insane woman with an insane obsession with some rich guy uh, who she maybe worked for for a minute and it really balances those two things incredibly well so even right up until the end right when you think it's showing you the hand as to which one was that maybe the mother was good it just you know it reverses that one final time anyway it really puts 
puts you in the headspace of someone who doesn't know what reality is. They do such a good job confusing you that you actually don't know if the character you're seeing on screen is the tragic heroic victim son or he is in fact just this absolutely insane human externality of all of this bad shit and he doesn't know either and that lack of knowledge of his identity immediately proceeds like his biggest mental break at the end and I thought Mm -hmm. that was really interesting because it basically sort of stacked the whole movie in such a way so that's like this is what it feels like to legitimately not know who you are and then crazy town one of the things that i am left wondering and i still am kind of on the fence about this i'm not sure whether i liked it uh or whether i did not like it i don't mean the movie i mean this one specific thing about it is at the end um you know the the question is what so you describe Joker as like a, a simpleton, like Arkel, mm-hmm. Arthur Fleck is kind of a moron. He's yeah. like a lovable loser. And yeah. there isn't really anything to dislike about him until he murders those people. Mm-hmm. Like he's just kind of this, this fucking loser and mm-hmm. it sucks, but mm-hmm. he's like downtrodden and all that shit. But anyway, and even when he murders his first people, it feels at least the first justified. Two, uh, the first yeah. two of the three guys, it feels justified. The only place where he even steps a little bit out of bounds is when he chases the third guy down yeah. and shoots him in the back a couple times. So, oh, yeah. you know, the I I got the same vibe <laughs> of like of, Ch- which, Ch- which, Ch- but, which by the way, the entire sequence, if you don't know, that echoes a very famous incident in New York where a guy on a subway was accosted by three people and he shoots them down and famously followed the third guy, the third teenager. I think it was like again a white man and like. A believe three black teenagers like followed him down and said like you get more of this and like shot him in the back several times on the ground and then he ended up getting off I think because they technically were fucking with him first or whatever but that whole scene echoes in its construction even though if not in its specifics echoes like a very famous incidence of like right of like a man getting away with righteous violence in uh uh, you know uh of quote-unquote righteous violence in uh so uh, dude i haven't said the word righteous in a minute righteous (laughs) thank you righteous uh so my my the thing that i'm kind of on the fence about is during when he kind of loses his shit at the at the taping of that or like the live show or whatever yeah. that he's on. Oh, it is live as hell. When he loses his shit, he actually m- seems to make like cogent points mm-hmm. about society. Like, you know, yeah. they ask him like, what, what do you talk? Cause he starts confessing mm-hmm. to killing the three people. And then, you know, he's like, I'm just a product of the society that like, you know, puts me in a place yeah. here and like, you know, doesn't take care of it's mentally ill and doesn't yeah, yeah, yeah. take. And, uh, and that moment to me, I have a hard time justifying that and balancing that out with the idiot that he had been and previously, actually, right? Let me let me put a put a modifier maybe on the him being a simpleton thing. I think he's not he's not super duper bright, but I think a lot of here's the more generous interpretation I see of his, you know, level of uh, coherency there is that one he's on a lot of medication and two uh, that he's now off of. And he's now free. And two, um, it just takes him a while to discover himself. It's the whole process of the movie is him discovering himself yeah. and coming into his own. So it could be a matter of, and it also seems like much of what he does in that live taping is, uh, or is that, that, that live show is him discovering things himself while he's there. Well, he goes in there with the intention yeah. of shooting himself. And so I think it is a process of growth and realization to come to that speech. Yeah, anyway. I but, don't. 
Well, sorry, I just wanted to just to touch on that little thing, just just real quick. It's just so I I also felt that same like little dislocation when he starts talking about those things on on the thing, and I think that a lot of the people who are critical of the film and a lot of the people who are predisposed to being critical of the film have all leapt on that specific moment. I've heard multiple people like, "See, this is just a bunch of nonsense. This film doesn't work." All of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's saying all this society stuff. It comes completely out of left field, and it's completely incongruous with what, his character up to this point. This is a bad movie. We all told you it was going to be a bad movie. Blah 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 blah. I've like I've heard multiple, multiple, multiple people fixate on that moment specifically, and I admittedly was like thrown by it. And I haven't seen the second movie. I haven't seen the movie a second time. But I, what I would say is, all of the things he is talking about are you know, very much part of the themes of the film. I mean, he quite literally, everyone seems to be fixated on him using the word society, and yet a majority of his, you know, his Woody Allen therapist couch for him to express himself in this movie, uh, because he doesn't have any friends to externalize his thoughts to, is a literal social worker who literally gets shut down, who then goes and talks about society and all that. But the thing is, like, I think that the clumsy nature of how he's expressing himself even on that television is part of that character i think it's this weird thing where the things he's saying are awkward and clumsy and don't have necessarily a lot of meaning and yet we're so attached to the idea that if our my main character is on a television show at the end of the movie he's supposed to be making cogent points that are the theme of the movie and I think that there's multiple things going on in that scene, which is, yes, he is echoing those themes uh, in the movie. He's echoing the fact that it is about someone who's cast out by society. But there's a second layer to that, which is he's supposed to seem angry and erratic and dumb, and his points shouldn't quite go over as well as they should. Anyway, I want to revisit that moment again yeah. so, uh, the second time. But like him not making his points very well, I kind of like like it would be... It would be bad if he didn't try and do anything and just came out there and shot him. And it would be bad if he went out there and made some sort of eloquent point about society that was very poetic. And him just kind of botching it in some way and then getting angry and pulling out a gun kind of works for me for who that character yeah, was. I, I guess. Oh, go ahead, Chase. Sorry. Oh, I was, I was going to say that for me, there was enough. Uh, there was enough breadcrumbs throughout the film of him basically showing that he could be. Um, I guess cogent, is like self-aware enough, like self-aware enough and intelligent enough to um, talk like that, to speak like that on television. Whenever he was like committing like those acts of like mm. mayhem, right? Like yeah. when he shoots, when he shoots the the kids on on the on the subway, that's like the first time you see him. Like, oh shit, he can like walk a straight line, and he looks confident, and he's fucking like is sure of himself in that moment. Yeah. Every time he's doing something like erratic, that's whenever he's like most like uh cogent yeah would be you just yeah. see that you see and they, they have those beautiful they have that one like i mean obviously in to cliff's point and to your point there's all these sequences that are about this transition that he's going through about transitioning from being like the the awkward guy to this new peep this to this to the joker who was not named until the end but to this other <laughs> entity that moves differently and that has more confidence and that has all of these things that he didn't have that's why he dances his way down the stairs and dances his way onto the thing which Which is is such a bizarre thing but it kind of works it's like as soon as he killed yeah as soon as he kills the three guys he goes locks himself in the bathroom and just starts dancing and moving elegantly which 
It's you don't need to. It's not the most ob- intuitively obvious thing in the world, but you sort of get it. But it's like, and what, what's a way to express joy? You know, through movement. It's you know, dancing. You know, and that's so. That's when he enters the chrysalis of that bathroom. How does he turn into the Joker? through dancing how does he then become the joker at the end he dances down the stairs he dances when he comes out from behind the curtain he does that little twirl and everything and the whole thing is his mother tells him he's meant to bring joy and happiness into the world yada 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 so it's interesting that just uh, the choices made by Joaquin Phoenix or or uh, Todd Phillips to just have his all of his transition into the joker be coded by just this emergence of this dance from his body which was kind even of even up until the very very end yeah, right yeah. and that's actually why I flip flop on it, yeah. right? Because that moment kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. But like Chase said, it, it he has moments of self awareness around yeah. that type of where he fits in society yeah. and why he's kind of a little bit of a victim in ways and like a, a product of society in ways. But at the same time, there has to be like he can't be the Joker that is kind of an idiot and not aware, right? That that's mm-hmm. not an interesting version of Joker. So by the end of the movie, you know, he has another like traumatic head injury, Mm -hmm. right? He gets into a big car accident. They talk about like the head injury is like one of the things that might be part of the reason why he is the way he is. Mm -hmm. So he has another traumatic head injury. He's done all this crazy shit and he's going to get away with it. So he has like really a very clear transition into the more sinister, like very aware of the chaos he's causing and why he's trying to do it at the very end, which is actually why... You know, sometimes like I feel like, yeah, that 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 moment, it needs to be there. Like mm-hmm. he needs to be able to express part of why uh, uh, his his, you know, vibe is the way it is. But yeah, man. But overall, I would say uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed walking Phoenix's performance more than I enjoyed the movie. Mm-hmm. I thought the movie was good. Not like this fucking like I think people are kind of jerking this movie off a little bit too much. But I don't know. I, I mean, the, the the responses have, if anything, been extremely mixed. I mean, there's certainly a very, very, very large contingent of critics are who, who, of course, call it hot trash. And then there's a large portion of people. There's this other kind of counter group that thinks it's good. It'll be interesting to see how it ultimately yeah. shakes um, out. So, man, um, you guys have like a personal favorite scene. Oh mm. man, I do, but it would be very. Sp- I don't know if this is, a, but it's one I've been thinking about. It's the last c- scene. We're where they pretty sh- spoiler at this point. We're yeah. Very spoiler at this point. But uh, one of the things that I do, I don't know if I would call this a favorite scene, but it's the one that I, I keep fixating on. Um, it's when they show the young mother being interviewed very briefly. Mm. Uh, they do such a great job with the series of lines that I still remember, really threading the needle of his psychosis, and that you really, even as an audience, they do such an interesting job threading the needle of is she a crazy lady or is she the victim of some rich man? So, you know, they show her as a young lady and she's saying that Thomas Wayne created all these uh, adoption papers, faked them, and we're like, holy shit, she really is uh, who she says she is. The Joker's really his son. He, of course, a rich man faked it. Ah, it's all been revealed. Then it cuts to the cops and they say, ma'am, like, we found your son chained to a radiator, like, beaten by your boyfriend, like, like severely. And then it cuts to her and she's like, I couldn't hear him screaming. And, like, we're like, oh, shit, no, she's just a crazy lady. But then we remember that whenever he's beaten in the movie, he never screams. You know, he always gets kicked and kicked and kicked, but it always cuts to his face just being eyes closed, mouth shut. So you're wondering, maybe she in fact was the victim of also an abusive boyfriend, and she in fact didn't know the extent of his abuse, and that she's also a product of 
you know, uh, Gotham and all that. And we really don't know right up until that last little thread. It just puts you in such a place so that you really could not know uh, which is real, which well, I think is really cool. And at, at the very end when he's putting on the makeup before he murders this, his like clown friend, uh, yeah. he has that photo. Yeah, exactly, the photo. The photo has, T, like, oh, you know, you look beautiful yep. or whatever. Or, or TW. Nice, nice smile, TW, yeah. or like, something exactly, like you know, that. Always say whatever it is, like and some we know sort of, like, cute note from exactly. TW. And we know that she worked for him for real. We know that happened, but we don't know the other thing. So which is it? Ah. It's really yeah. So I like that because I just I don't know if I've seen I've seen other films attempt to do that, but you're always it's pointing its hand in a really interesting way. I've never seen someone that something that threaded a needle like that so effectively and did it for you know a really specific narrative and thematic purpose. You know, it's like as we arrived at that moment in the movie, we realize why we're arriving at that moment, and then he has this big break and he whatever and he you know dances his way into being the joker after that so i thought that was really cool chase did you have a favorite scene yeah i mean it sounds stupid based off compared to kyle's favorite scene now. <laughs> well mine sounds stupid because my actual favorite scene is like remember when he fucking kicked that guy in the fucking dick that's really probably my favorite scene that doesn't sound as smart <laughs> wait i don't remember that scene <laughs> at remember all. i'm pretty sure he kicks a guy in the dick, dick at some point my favorite scene is whenever he's uh, he's getting ready uh, as the Joker to go out, and uh, his friends from the, the the fucking clown shop stop by. <laughs> Dude, that's so yeah, that's our favorite okay, that, scene. That, that is, and, and he has to help yeah. him like get out of the door because yeah. that was actually, actually, actually yeah. Really Chase, Chase, you are correct. That is the best scene in the movie, especially <laughs> when the dwarf has to jump up and can't undo the, the chain, and he like has that, to stand up to the chain. That, yeah, the, that that is the best moment in the movie. Uh, yeah, I he, agree. Is, yeah, he's like, you are always nice to me, and he gives him a kiss on the on the forehead or whatever on, on top of his head dude yeah. it was it was so great in the brutality of it yeah. the brutality of him killing that guy felt so like tarantino-esque to yeah. me i was, was like really holy good. fuck like this yeah, like katie, katie, katie wasn't a fan so of that much. moment yeah she yeah. was she took that moment pretty aggressively she, uh, that was like a cover the eyes like it was, but it was also such, a, such a great little just choice in that film to to that part of that movie to just just the choice of like costuming and 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 makeup in that scene like he's just gonna be shirtless but he's still just has gonna, green dye he's gonna paint his face white yeah and still have green dye in his hair whatever paint face white so he'd have the blood splatter white onto his you know or red onto his white face it was really great yeah it was, so. It was. What about, what about you, Cliff? What was your favorite? Well, it was going to be that moment. So I suppose <laughs> if I have to pick another moment, it would be... I mean, I can just go for the super easy thing. With the, the, the talk show scene when he shoots uh, Robert De Niro in the head. It's like, mm-hmm. cool, man. That's, what? That's the I moment. I went to the bathroom during that part. I know, I know. <laughs> you missed it. Um, but just because, yeah, you know, the whole time he... When he walks out onto the talk show... You don't know what he's going to do. We know that he has a plan of shooting himself in the head, but we also know that that's probably not what's going to happen. And so everything that's happening there is filled with such bizarre tension of what will he do next? He goes up, he kisses Dr. Ruth. You know, cool, it's a good reference to The Dark Knight, but it's also showing he's completely bonkers. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he then confesses to the murder on live air. Oh my God, where is this going to go? What wackiness will he do? Did Was there a scene that uh, we're going to see revealed in a flashback where he gets poison gas and uh, is set up the whole thing to be filled <laughs> to, to kill all of the audience? Like the, Also like The Dark Knight? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that, that, that that's another option. So when it finally goes, you know, full circle, making his big old speech and then, uh, Kaboom shoots Robert De Niro in the head in such a satisfying way. You know, it's just such a, you know, just straight up on screen shot to the head. Uh, I always like, uh, I always like uh, when someone is shot where the gun and the 
person getting shot is in the same frame. You never appreciate it because so many movies just do it as two separate shots. But it, it doesn't really work very well if it's the person shooting and then the person getting hit is a cut to that. So anytime someone gets shot, you know, John Wick, that's why John Wick is so kick-ass. So many people getting shot in the same frame. Although John Wick, so many CGI, you know, bullet hits and CGI gun flashes, it never really feels real. This that, felt real. That felt really does, real. Mm-hmm. Does uh, is this the first time that De Niro has been shot in the face in a in a movie? I think this might be the first time he's ever been shot in the face in the movie. Uh, it's definitely not the first time he's died in the movie. No, but it might be the first time he's been literally murdered by getting shot in the face. Yeah, well, the first time he's been murdered by Joker. Certainly, that's true. <laughs> that, that, we, true. that we know. Uh, uh, that we know for sure. The uh, Mexican Joker. But by the way, that and that also was a great misdirect because other elements in the film, like the one I talked about in the subway, reference things like iconic things from, like the uh, from the seventies. Just things you vaguely remember happened. Yeah, whatever. And so when he starts to pantomime actively the act of killing himself on television. We all know that like there was some lady, some anchor on some TV show or something who shot herself on camera, some political candidate who shot himself on camera. We all have this vague memory of, oh, people shooting themselves on live television is a thing. It is a cultural meme. We know it. And so we're, it builds us into this idea of, is he going to shoot himself or is he not going to shoot himself on camera? And it so places that idea in your mind that it manages to wildly distract you from the fact that, oh, he's the Joker. He's going to fucking shoot the host of the show in the face yeah and so it just comes as a delightful surprise in that moment so my yeah. my favorite scene it uh it actually is when he locks himself into that bathroom uh yeah i think it's i think that might be the prettiest scene in the entire movie too. Truth, the, truly i will agree with you i think that is my favorite it, scene it's just film. so it's it was such an interesting yeah. like left turn just yeah. in terms of like what he literally just did mm-hmm. and what he is currently doing at the moment. Yeah. And also, I just felt like it was done so nice. It was so, so beautiful to watch. It was one of those bold swings where it's just like, you know, clearly there was a conversation at some point to do this. I seriously doubt that, like, I mean, I doubt, like, in the the outline for the screenplay, they were like, he enters bathroom and dances his way into becoming the Joker. But at some point, a conversation was had about, like, I want to express the Joker this way through movement, or here's what I want to happen. He goes into the bathroom. He will move his way into a new thing. All that shit. And it's the kind of big swing that only can work if you just have a real good command of cinema and you just say, like, trust me, I can picture it. We can't write it down. It just will do it. It'll be done really well and everyone will fucking get it. And they do it. Yeah, well, they no, do it really here's well. what I guarantee you, motherfucking yeah. was. Garen motherfucking to you, that is not a written in the screenplay thing. That is a Todd Phillips and uh, Joaquin Phoenix kind of working out the character together and discovering that the Joker discovers himself through dance. And that's something that was built with those two guys figuring that out. And that's where I'm thinking. but, But what I love about it is just that it's the kind of beat that... You know, like even the stuff down like the stairs and stuff is a bit more montagey. Like that, well, we'll shoot it and we'll cut it into something else. And they maybe even, I think they do intercut that a little bit with something else. But a beat like that in the bathroom, you know, to have it survive all the way to the final cut of the movie means that it like, it, it's so self evidently worked on its own terms that they didn't 
add voiceover from another scene or intercut that with a scene with his social worker or bring back audio clips from previous scenes to, or what maybe they do i honestly don't even fucking remember at this point i just remember no thinking i think it was just music yeah, just and movement. music and movement and it's just like they just that it was left unadulterated, and it was know? perfect enough that they used a still from that as the poster the poster yep that thing where he leans way back it, yeah, it's yeah. just it, it really is uh i think that's a moment that's going to stick with me for a long time yeah. just because of uh, mainly because of the the lighting and walking Phoenix's yes. move, like it was just so beautifully done. Well, and that moment and that shot, particularly from the poster, which initially when I saw the poster, I'm like, God, that's fucking pretty. But it actually serves an interesting purpose. Again, it's one of those little subtle visual motifs that probably just emerged organically when they were shooting it. But you have that iconic, interesting moment where he, like the iconic in that it was on the poster, where he leans way back and looks straight up, and the frame raises up, creating all this negative space above him. So you realize it's kind of about his connection to something that is above him, you know? So it's not, you know, his, his eyes aren't near the top of the frame. They're near the bottom and he's looking straight up. And then there's a similar, uh, there's a visual echo of that in the green room before he goes out to the thing where he leans back. It's from behind him. So instead of an open angle, which is more inviting, it's from behind him, which is a scarier angle because it's the back of his head. And he leans way back in his chair and he's smoking a cigarette and his feet go up on the desk in front of him. But it also opens up the space above him. And again, he looks straight up this time leaning back in a chair but again it's about what's above him it's a subtle visual yeah. echo but it's about him connecting with something spiritual or connecting with this joker entity both the first time and then again now immediately prior to kind of fulfilling his mission and i like that kind of stuff it's yeah really well, cool that that reminds me actually you mentioned kind of that visual echo it reminds me of early on there's the there's kind of the the mirror image of that mm-hmm. of him like hunched over closed up mm-hmm. opening his clown shoes yes. which is like this really creepy yes. shot of like it just kind of like comes in yes. on him as he's Joaquin like, Phoenix showing off like I burned so many fucking calories yeah. before he's this like, movie I only ate six apples for the last 10 months I've survived off a single head of lettuce for yeah. five years and it, you know that that movement it's really interesting you mentioned the idea of like opening up versus you know whatever the opposite of that would be yeah. which is like hunched over yeah, this yeah, like yeah. shoe oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's that's giving him a ton of problems to try and like open mm-hmm. up the shoe right yeah. um but yeah that and the fact that uh is there is there any other character like thomas and martha wayne who literally are murdered every time they show up in a movie or they tv get, show they get murdered a lot i was quite Dude, frankly i was surprised Bambi's to see him murdered yet again they just never survive uncle they, ben they can never it's like uncle ben and spider-man they just never survive I, at least at least uncle ben never survives past like the exposition of a movie not like, <laughs> past the first act but this is what i will say this is what i will say when i went out into batman v superman dawn of justice and that scene started yet again i admittedly was just i was i think I said to Cliff, I was still drinking back then. I was like, oh, fucking come on. Like, I didn't, <laughs> like, I just didn't actually anticipate them doing it again because it was just so unnecessary in that context. However, this movie is all about recontextualizing all kinds of Batman iconography to give it new meaning. And so, at least in this instance, I completely get why they included it because taking a random act of street violence that is so core to the mythology of Batman and contextualizing it within the themes of this film, within the chaos wrought by Gotham through Joker, it all makes perfect sense for this film. And I love that it wasn't Jack Nicholson style where he killed his parents because they totally could have gone that direction. He literally has a vendetta to kill Thomas Wayne. There there is a dumber version of this script where he murders (laughs) Thomas, he waits in an alley and murders them, which I was afraid they were going that way. But instead, by showing 
showing that it is basically this explosion of crazy, chaotic crime that the Joker has wrought that causes the violence and maybe even you know, sets the stage for Batman in more ways than one as he simultaneously has killed Dwayne parents, which we know causes Batman, and also unleashed this new revolution of massed violence, supervillains, etc., for Batman to fight. Um, it's kind of a cool thing. I'm glad they included it. So Yeah, it's pretty sweet. It also does an interesting thing there by the time you get to that point of seeing little Bruce Wayne standing in that alley of if they do anything else in this uh, Batman, in this Joker Batman universe, it recontextualizes what Batman is and Batman's relation to crime because you do understand, oh yeah, Batman is just a super rich privileged guy <laughs> who just, his whole thing is to dress in a cape and then just beat the shit out of poor people. Because yeah. like yeah. poor people are doing crimes and stuff because of various, in this in this universe, because of various societal things which have forced them to that. So he's yeah. in, a, as in a super duper rich guy he's going to dress up in a cape and just kick the shit out of them. And how All do you feel clowns. about that? <laughs> Hell yeah. Righteous. All right. Go see Joker if you haven't already. And yeah. I, we're sorry we spoiled it for you if you haven't already. But oh, either yeah. way. That's what uh, we're here for. Let's go it and made wrap. a lot of money. Most of them have already yeah. seen it. Let's go and wrap this up. That was All nice. Right. All right. Uh, I am at Mr. Kyle Bogart on the most sensual Instagram account on the internet. I am at Cliff Bogart on Instagram in a, uh, in a uh, fat but hopefully getting thinner uh, Instagram account on the internet. There you go. Rad. I'm at Chase504 on Instagram and YouTube. And you can find me at Arm and Hammer TV, which is probably how you're watching slash listening to this right now. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for all your support. Uh, if you want sweet merch, like something that uh, three of the four of us are wearing, you can go to <laughs> Arm and Hammer TV. Uh, and we will see you guys for a live watch along for 20.2, which maybe this time we might be able to picture in picture no, i don't it's know not, it's not gonna happen. probably it's not gonna always happen, on youtube it might not be <laughs> the moment it's not on youtube is the moment that we can we can do picture in picture mm. but you know occasionally like most of the time it's probably gonna be on youtube but either way thank you so much everybody for watching last time thanks for watching and listening this time and we'll see you guys soon later, later. later.